Mangalam Guru Devaya Devya Matrikta Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindevyo Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadharma Surupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishnaya Mangalam Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankarachara Majamam Ashmarachara Prayantam Vande Gurum Parampuram Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwara Guru Reva Param Brahman Tasmai Sri Guru Veda Maha Om Badra Kali Namo Nityam Saraswati Namo Namaha Veda Viranga Veranta Vijastani Bhya Evacha Sri Ganesha Sharada Guru Bhya Namaha Hariyo Jai Ma Jai Ma I'm very happy to see everybody here for another exciting topics of thousands and thousands and thousands of names of the Living Mother so we are last week we where did we finish we finished Purant, uh, we in the middle of verse 27 we're doing the Kali Swasarama for those online Kali Swasarama thousand names of goddess Kali and we've been going name by name over a long period of time and actually this is a big we're name uh, where are we 195 of, of 1000 so we're doing pretty good looking along so verse 27 you see you have this so is, I think this, this is, is the last, week. This is the last week. yes yes uh yes so you, uh what's, what's your verse 189 189 ends like 189 all of them are like that i must have i don't know what i typed wrong never mind <laughs> so uh 189 ends hmm oh i see this I don't know how I did that. I thought I typed right. Well, forgive me. You have to look online. I'll, I'll print them up. I'll, I'll post them on the class, on the lecture tonight, on the uh, on the Facebook. Uh, as soon as we're done, I'll put them up so you have them. You have to listen carefully. So anyway, so uh, the, the the verse that we did, I'll, I'll, re- I'll recite the verse we were working on last week. We got halfway through. Shriti Smriti Mahavidya Guya Vidya Pura Puratani. That's how far we got. Chintan Chinta Swaha Swarha Nidra Tandra Chaparvati. Shruti. So we do we so we went Shruti Smriti Mahavidya Guhya Vidya. And so we're so basically we're talking about the difference between Shruti means Vedas. We talked about that. And also we just that she is Veda Mai at the previous week. Veda Mai and Veda Vibhushana, decorated by the Vedas. So identifying Devi with the knowledge, the knowledge contained in the Vedas, identifying her with also the Vedic tradition, but by saying Veda Vibhushana, it's not just she's the Vedic tradition, but she's war- the Vedic tr- tradition uh, decorates her, right? So she's greater in the Vedic tradition, and so then the Shruti and Smriti Smriti is the second category of literature. Um, either we think of like the Puranas, the uh, Mahabharata. These type of texts we'd put into the into the smriti uh, that don't have the same um, uh, sanctity of, of the Vedic uh, the, of the of the uh, shruti, but for the most part, when people think Vedas, they think smriti, not shruti. Most people don't study. People may study uh, maybe an Upanishad or something, or chant Mahamrit and Jaya Mantra or something like that, right? But for the most part, uh, um, 
common, I mean, mainstream Hinduism or com, pan-Indian Hinduism, common, I don't say common is belittling, but this is what most people are practicing. They study the Gita, you know, you, you read uh, uh, the Puranas, Mahabharata, Ramayana, so that category. And then the next verse is said, uh, uh, next name, Mahavidya. We said that could be reference to the Dash Mahavidyas, as we mentioned. But Mahavidya is also a name for the Upanishads. It's the great knowledge, the spiritual knowledge of Brahman, the great knowledge. And then Guhya Vidya, which could also be the, the uh, Upanishadic revelation. But most likely because we, we tried to argue for last week that this is reference to the Tantras. Right, by Guha uh, Vidya. So you have the, the Vedas, the Puranas, and secondary literature, and you have the Tantras. And I was thinking in trying to fall asleep, this is when I reason, one of the reasons I can't sleep, I think of, but I forgot there's one mantra, there's one verse that I should have. Like, what is that verse? Somewhere I have it in my notes. I looked in my notes and sure, I found it. Right, uh, whether or not I have it here. This is from Manusmriti. So, so it's interesting, Manusmriti is definitely not Shruti. It's not a Vedas. It's a Manusmiti means written by man. Manu means man, right? Written by an important man, perhaps in the ancient times, right? It's a, but it's a, it's a, it's a, and it's a, it's a easy to beat up uh, text, right? And it's one of the reasons why it was probably one of the first texts to be translated by those who are trying to discredit the Indian tradition. It was the most controversial text dealing with caste restrictions and all these type of things. But it's a great picture of the ancient world's understanding. Right uh, of how the things were practiced, and there's a there's a mantra very interesting. It says, uh, "Vaidika, tantrika, chayeva, dvi vidha shruti." So it's defining shruti or Vedas. What's 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 her text? It says dvi vidha. There's two there's two categories of shruti, right? Vaidika and tantrika, the Ved, the Vedic mantras and the tantric mantras. Both are considered by according to Manu, or, or that ah who's there? You found them. Good. <laughs> Just see. Vaidikan tantrika chaiva dvi vidha shrutihi. Vedic and tantric are the two types of shruti. And we hinted a little bit. I mean, I made the point last week because I didn't didn't chant the mantra last week. That uh, uh, maybe bring it up a little bit a little bit more because the, this list of uh, thousand names of kali is very steeped in tantric lore. Right. You have to understand a lot of tantra to flesh out the, the mantras, the meaning of the mantras, interpretation of the mantras. And there's a hmm, agamas and nigamas, a tantric text, they have their own self-understanding. They're, the um, You could say, oh, the tantras are a very ancient tradition, they're pre-Vedic, they're indigenous tradition, and there's an argument like that, but you do mean the tantras, they're actually not old at all. They're actually quite young. Some of them are, you know, 400 years old, 300. That's still old, older than me, you know. Some of them are 800 years old. They're not that old generally, right? Uh, um, and there's other texts that are part of that Shakta, Shaivai tradition that became um, vocalized more more boldly in the tantras that go further back, and like Devi Bhagavatam and Markandeya Purana, Chandi, and things like that, which go, which are old enough. Uh, but so, but there, the re- But still, the claim is that even though the, the a tantric text may be seven hundred years old and not uh, nine thousand years old, like Rig Veda claims to be, or something like this, right? Yet they're both considered sh- shruti in the same category. Is mentioned a little bit that this is one way of interpreting what does it mean that the Vedas come from Brahman, right? Or Bra- or uh, that that uh, uh, 
but the Vedas are eternal, right? One way to think of it, the way it's come down to us, most people think, although it's probably not the original way it was understood, is like they come, they come from the Absolute. The first, they emanate from the Absolute, and therefore, potentially, other scriptures can emanate, so emanate from the Absolute. People can discover them in different times. So that's one way of thinking of it. And the view of the Tantra is the self-revelation of, of these, like, Mahanirvana, I mean, like, these are, this view is well articulated in texts like Mahanirvana Tantra, and um, uh, uh, Kulunavara Tantra, some of the late Tantra, we consider late Tantra, they kind of summarized all these ideas. And you end up with a conversation between Shiva and Parvati saying, uh, in Kali Yuga, right, there's no Vedic mantras, right? Nobody knows Vedic mantras. If they know them, they don't know what they mean. They're not pronouncing them properly. They don't have the lifestyle to support them. So practically speaking, anything done with Vedic mantras has no meaning. So if you're, if you're, it even makes a bold statement like, if you've been married by Vedic mantras, you're not married. Because the mantras have no power. Power, if something has to, like, somebody who's not a judge declaring you married or something like that. Or somebody who, by the power not invested with me in the, you had such a pronouncement, it doesn't mean anything. Right? So similarly, pronouncement by Vedic mantras, this is the claim, I think Mahanirvana Tantra makes such a statement, right? Only Vedic mantras count nowadays. And because this is sectarian, they also, the Vedas, the Tantrics are also sectarian in nature, almost always. So they have an agenda. Right, but they're saying that, that in Kali Yuga, the Vedas are, are no longer accessible, right? And therefore, out of compassion, the Lord, out of the same Lord that's revealed in the Vedas as Ishvara, as Brahman, right? Happens in case you're wondering, his name is Shiva, and, or 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 Kali or Durga, like it's Shiva or Shakti, right? That same Lord, the Shaivite Shiva Shakti tradition generally, and but Pancharata Tantras make that that Lord is Narayan. Right and, and and his consort Lakshmi. So, uh, so out of love for humankind, either Narayan asked Lakshmi or Lakshmi asked Narayan, or Vishnu or uh, Shiva asked Parvati or Parvati asked Shiva. You know, in Kali Yuga, what is a way where people can still realize you? People can still have the knowledge of Brahman. People can still perform rites and rituals and gain relief, both happiness in this world, happiness in the next world, release from the world of birth and death. All those things that the Vedas are um, are, are oriented towards. Right, and so then Shiva or Parvati or Lakshmi or Narayan reveal answer the question. Right, and so the claim is it's supreme the supreme Lord, who have you know he's answering just like it was coming from Brahman, uh, 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 like the Vedas were. So they're the same uh, level of authenticity. So this verse kind of hints at that, that, but it's coming from the divine itself. Right. So anyway, oh I forgot I made a promise many people last week. I have to go back to my Ganesh, my Hanuman thing. So let me finish this point. This is still back. I'm cleaning up from last week, so this, I won't have to think I forgot the, the not Ganesh, Hanuman. Punch, punch Hanuman. Okay, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I've also written those people saying I'm promised to speak about Punch Hanuman. <laughs> but uh, Smriti Mahavija. Shruti, Smriti Mahavija, Guya. So, anyway, so this is, a, so, uh, this is Tantra. Uh, the Tantras are considered equally valid by devotees who are following the Tantra is considered the equal uh, um, but you know historically you can say oh there are later texts we can, they're easier to like oh who wrote them, when were they written what were they reacting against we could say such things academically from, from you can probably do that to Upanishads and Samhitas and Brahmanas and Aran, the ancient texts also but then you're, you're, we're, just, we're just talking you know, to try to reconstruct something that happened you know a hundred years ago is difficult, right? To reconstruct something that would happen thousands of years ago is almost impossible, you know? Uh, you can make educated guesses as, as educated as you are, you know, that's about it. 
Right. So, uh, but tantras are not because they're they're not a, they don't go they're not as ancient in their completed forms, right? You, they're uh, we can. It's it's easier to um, I don't know to see them as conditioned, culturally uh, generated texts. You know, as not as pristine as the Vedic mantras like this. So verses like this help us give us faith. No, these are also considered authoritative, but also in a certain sense, whatever we all have our Vedas. I remember many. I'm remembering uh, three kumamelas ago. We generate. We judge the world by how many kumamelas you've been alive. <laughs> three kumamela mahakumbas ago. Uh, my first mahakumba in Allahabad. There is one of our gurubais named Premanand. He's from Ayodhya, and he was. I had my little Gospel of Ramakrishna. I was young. The world was young, and I was also young, reading my Gospel of Ramakrishna. He said, what are you reading in Hindi? You know, I tried to explain. He had no English, but I tried to explain. You look, of course, he knew the book and things like that. He's, he's, yeah. But I remember very boldly, I was like going, this is my Veda, my Tantra, my Upanishads, my Bhai. You know, I was like, <laughs> my, my, my boldly, this is my Vedas. Right? You know, so it's, it's, to me, it's just as authoritative as the Vedas. So people think, oh, so the tantras to their followers are just as authoritative. It's coming from God, and you can see people of other religions will say their their text is is it's coming from God. It's divine. It's eternal. You know, unchanged the unchanging truth of the Bible. We we word like that, you know. But anyway, so this is what it is. We don't go. I have all these verses on the nature of tantras, but as we go into it, we'll go into it another time. Second point. Tantric kind of, why did I mention uh, Panchmuk? Oh, because these verses mention Dakinis and Yoginis and, and Rakshashi. Ma is Dakini, Kinara, Yogini, Nagini, all these, all these semi-divine beings. And I mentioned that these, although they're all forms of Ma and they're all divine beings, aspect of divinity, um, the hierarchy and the underworld and upper world of, of the multidimensional universe that, uh, that we live in and the ancients lived in, uh, Yogis are still potentially scared of them, because as you tune your mind, you 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 uh, um, uh, you may come in contact, you know, with different categories of astral, ghostly type of entities, you know, and therefore there's kavacha mantras, and I mentioned that the and I read from one Ganesh uh, Hanuman kavacha mantra gives protection against from all these forms all that Ma herself is identifying with in this text, right? So, and then I began to tell the story, and online people were asking where I don't know the connection on why Hanuman is the is a protector of these things, and why he is worshipped in Kali temples and Devi temples. What's the connection? And we, I was also I mentioned that I was very uh, not concerned, but I never understood why every Shakti temple you go to, there's always a big Hanuman, right? And then later we found even Dakshinishwar has Hanuman. Right, you wouldn't know it's not it's not in public, but if you know the right people, you know, uh, <laughs> and you convince them to, to, to let you buy, you can find out there's daily. And it, as far as we know, that's been there since Takwar's time, a long time. Little tiny little concrete little temple by the Ganga, and kind of a private garden that's not open to the public. Look, Hanuman's worship there. Uh, so. Where the text comes from, and so especially this Panchmukh Hanuman, I mentioned last week, this punch the five-headed Hanuman is especially worshipped as protection uh, uh, by Tantrics, right? Especially Kali devotees, Shiva devotees, like that. And and we think uh, Rama Durare, that's the verse, right? But, yeah, so he, you are Rama's gatekeeper, no one, you protect 
no one enters his realm without your permission. So I was going to tell the story how Kali, how, how Hanuman became Kali's gatekeeper. So that's the that's the point. So this there is many Ramayanas, right? Uh, um, there is about four hundred main extant Ramayanas, and probably many more variations. Um, there's, yeah, not just Val- Valmiki's. You can say, oh, Valmiki's is the most authoritative. You can say it like that. Tulsidas is the most famous, right? But there's many, many, many more, right? And there's probably uh, some versions of the story that are older than 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 than, than Valmiki. And there's some versions. There's Buddhist Ramayanas. There's Jain Ramayanas. There's Shakta Ramayanas, right? There's all kinds. In the Jain Ramayana, Lord Ram is a Jain master. And so he, of course, cannot kill Ravana because that could make him look bad. So, Rav, so Lakshman kills Ravana in that version, you know. So that's an example of all those different types of Ramayanas. There's one Ramayana. Is it called Adbut Ramayana? Yeah. The Adbut Ramayana. Adbut means strange Ramayana. Also means fantastic, wonderful, spiritual. Adbut is like has all those meanings. <laughs> it's a strange Ramayana. And that Ramayana, which this story is roughly based upon, I'm going to tell, um, uh, Ravana doesn't have 10 heads he has a, he has 10,000 heads right it's a different Ravana you know this you know it's like our Brahma only has four heads there's there's been creations where, where Brahma has thousands of heads right so there's a small fairly insignificant creation cycle it's only a four-headed Brahma and only a 10-headed Ravana right but in this version right Ravana had 10,000 heads right and after many many days of battle Ram couldn't kill Ravana Right, he was too powerful for even Ram to kill. Right, so finally Sita gets annoyed by the whole process. Right, <laughs> says, "Fine, I'll kill him." Right, and then she becomes Mahakali. Right, and and she kills Ravana. She kills Ravana. Right, and we heard. I mean, I've never. This is like Kali kills Ravana, not Ram. This is like for a shock. This is really good information. Yeah. <laughs> we knew it. We knew Ram. We knew Kali did everything. Knew it. <laughs> I just didn't dare say it, you know. Uh, uh, and actually, a wonderful. Uh, his name was Milk Baba. Everybody here, Milk. Maybe you remember Milk Baba. Anybody here remember Milk Baba? Dude, his name is Ramakrishna Das Babaji. He was from. Uh, hmm? Dude, Dude, Baba. Um, yeah, and in, in, he came to America. He was known as Milk Baba. In India, he was known as Dude Baba, Milk Drinking Baba. He lived in um, um, Nepal at the uh, near the. I mean, Pashupatinatam, near Pashupatinatam. He just recently passed away, I think, I think I saw online. And he, uh, uh, he came one time to America, and, uh, and he's, he, for the last 70 years, he only drinks two glasses, he drinks some tea and two glasses of hot milk, that's his. And that's a, Dutari is a sadhana, you can do, but it's actually, um, itself is slightly miraculous, because what happens when you do like this for too much time, you end up with diarrhea, you don't have enough, the, the, the enzyme, enzyme proportions are wrong. It's not easy to digest only milk, right? Uh, it's not that easy to digest milk, period, but the only milk is very difficult. But the fact that he's been, he was able to do it for so many years was, uh, was impressive, you know. And uh, um, Anyways, he was sitting right there at that time, and uh, he, told, he told, seeing Kali, he told sorry, a couple things. He says that uh, uh, Ram, he also had a huge jatta, way longer than Ananda, way longer than Mayawar. Right and uh, and he said Ram has jatta, not only Shiva and Kali has jatta. He said actually Kali has has wild hair and and Ram has. This is a proper look for a yogi. Um, and then he told that he told this story about Kali killing Ravana, which I think is very interesting. But so in the similar category, the Shakta type Ramayanas, uh, Tantric, we we probably 
uh, classifies them as tantric Ramayanas. There's one story where during the battle, uh, uh, Ravana's brother, Ahiravana, I think Ahiravana, Ahir, like right? Make, make sense? Somebody say yes, so I don't look. No. <laughs> Ahiravana, I think it's Ahiravana. Uh, um, and he was, a, he was a sorcerer, right, of the, of the, uh, the most uh, malicious and malevolent type. Uh, and so he, in order to do his part of the battle with mantras, he trapped Ram and Lakshman, and he took them into the underworld, into Pataloka, right, into uh, into the underworld. Uh, um, and if you want to go there, it's at uh, you can go to the underworld. It's uh, at Allahabad or right at the Sangam. There's a big Hanuman laying down. That's supposed to be the cave that he this battle happened, and I'm sure it's 100 percent that. Uh, 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 wonderful Hanuman, very powerful Hanuman there, but um, he so he he took he took him and he trapped them with mantras, with spells and incantations, right? And he was going to sacrifice Ram and Lakshman to Goddess Kali, his presiding deity, right? Remember, Chandi says both gods and demons worship her feet, right? There's an example: demons also worship her. Everyone worships her, and only her actually. And so he had he had uh, in order to control. Uh, he had cast a, some sort of a spell around and with five uh, lamps, right, to, uh, to, as protective, to control them, kind of like, a, we'd imagine like a pentagram or something like that. If you were to, okay, a, a made-for-TV Netflix movie, um, <laughs> something like that, something you can imagine like that was a five like this. And he was, and so he was about, so he was uh, about to, he was sharpening the knife and the axe uh, cut off. And so this would, this would, not only he'd get the benefit of killing a great, great kings and princes, right? To kill princes is a big deal, right? If you want to sacrifice, don't just sacrifice anybody. Kings, sages, and princes, that's a good, that's a good thing. Uh, but also, he'd satisfy, for the, he'd, he'd win the war for his, for his cousin, to, or cousin brother, Ravan, and be uh, amply rewarded. Uh, so Hanuman, seeing what happened to Ram and Lakshman, they've disappeared from battle. He has a lot of intelligence. He could figure out where they went. And so he followed, he, he followed the, the trail and he went into the underworlds and he saw from a distance what was happening. He saw a statue of Mother Kali right? and he saw Ram and Lakshman bound by mantric, uh, mantric uh, uh, ropes and, and he saw the scene, what was happening. And he saw the five candles that were controlling him the whole, as the scene is described. And so he thinks what to do. And so in the... In the, in the, in the uh, uh, Chalisa it also says buddhi hino what is it that you are very intelligent right does that month like that mm-hmm. uh, buddhi vidya yeah. he's really actually many times throughout Ramayana when Ram's in trouble Ram Hanuman will give the right answer he he always knows just the perfect way to satisfy every condition he's that, that super not just how do I because he's thinking how, what do I have to do I have to like save <coughs> stop him from being sacrificed mm-hmm. I have to figure out I have to kill the, the evil Ahiravana I have to um, uh, uh, I have to break the spell of the five candles or the five the pentagrammy type of thing right so he has to he come up with the perfect thing so he also has he became really small everybody knows right so he became really really small and buzzed and landed on Ram's ear and whispered this is the plan it's like, <laughs> like, every good, like every good thing here's the plan right this is what this is what you say when he, when he wants to sacrifice I'll do the rest right so when Ahiravana said, "Now bow, bow your head at the there's the post we just sacrifice," and so Ram knows what to say. He says, "You see, Ahiravana, right? We're princes. We don't bow. To, we've never bowed to anybody. everybody else. Everybody always bows, but we don't know how to bow. 
it's not we've never bowed to any but even actually it's true you see you know even when a, when a sage come in they'll, they'll do like this Bear, they usually they don't they don't like lay on the floor bow their head to the ground like we usually do you know it's 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 not their station to do so so we have no experience you show us how to do it if you show us we'll do it. right so this is like, this is where they got Ahiravana to put his head down to demonstrate how to do it right and just then Hanuman had to figure he has to he has to break the spell of the five candles the five diyas and, and so he has to figure out how to blow the candle all five at the same time so thus pow five heads right he manifested his panchamuk form right and some form it just has him with having five heads and then blowing out later as I develop becomes now it's it's the form these five divine animal heads of Narashinga um, Varaha Hayagriva we just celebrated Hayagriva Jayanti a few days ago Hayagriva Garuda and Hanuman right these are the five the five heads right and so he immediately broke the spell and then while that was happening so Ram was released Ram Ram Lakshmi released and I'm not sure if Hanuman grabbed the sword or Ram or Ram or the sword when he cut off the head of Ahiravana to sacrifice to Mother Kali. So Mother Kali seeing all this was pretty impressed. Right? You know, it's like she's impressed with that. The whole thing is probably quite entertaining. The whole thing, the all stupid things we do. <laughs> Hopefully entertain minimally we, we provide entertainment for the Divine Mother. You know? But uh, 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 so but she's especially impressed with Hanuman. And so she gives him a special. She gives him a special boon. Just as you are known as a gatekeeper to Ram's kingdom, so you'll be the gatekeeper of my temples, my tirtas, my my places. So she's one of the what we call chetrapal. We have like the properly in a, in a Devi temple or Shiva temple, the proper chetrapal is Bhairava. We have our Bhairavas under the tree there, actually looking through the window right at Ma, right. He's looking at the back door, you know. And you know he's a police officer. He's a police guard keeper because he has a very nice mustache. You have to have a mustache. Does our guard have a mustache? He better have a mustache. I one time asked, why well, do you have no mustache? You don't know he's a police officer. It's like <laughs> the mustache is a very important part of, of Chaitra Paul Bhairava. And uh, so he's watching, but, uh, and, and Hanuman also watches. And then I was, another story attached to this is our story at um, um, Manasaka Devi. Manasaka Devi. Manasika Devi. It's a very ancient temple in the forest between Rishikesh and um, Deridun. Right? That's where we are in the forest. Um, is it Punjikul? No, no. Devi. Uh, um, and so we've been there many, many times. And, and they also, one of these places has a huge Hanuman. You know, the, the deity is kind of mysterious deity like a pond or some frogs in it or something like that that's not it's like a a well or something like that I'm not sure if it's really an image that's worshipped there locally they consider it like, like a Shakti Pitam it's a very ancient tantric place mentioned in old texts right but and so it, you have to hike into the and, and when we got there uh, it was very clear that the swamp the Mahant there did not like us and he was not impressed with us and he didn't want to talk to us, and he wanted us to leave. And it could have been, we had some companions that I think may have had some run-ins with him in the past. So by connection, it's like, you know. And so we figured, so we gave him a card, our card, our little business card, that had a picture of Ma, and Kali Mandira, or Rama, like that. And I remember giving it to him, he's like, kind of like, like upset that now he has to be nice to us, because we have to, you know, like he, he had to be a minimally, so he told him to go make tea or something like that, rather than just like, just be rude to us until we leave type thing, you know. So, uh, but anyways, trying to figure out what to ask him, you know, and different things. So uh, when we finally sat down with him, a cup of tea, 
one of the things I asked we asked is about Hanuman. Why is I was trying at that time I was doing research. Why is there Hanuman in every Kali temple? Bhairav I understand, Ganesha I understand. And so he also said similarly, he said these are things are not in books. Right? These are things only you know by practice, right? He says when you when you're worshipping Devi, uh, uh, when you sit for meditation, he says, uh, three things happen nobody knows. Nobody sees but they happen. Right. This is one uh, that the two yog- dakinis or some spiritual yoginis, dakinis, one of these, they come with pictures of, of um, they come with pictures of um, amrita and they bathe you. When you sit for meditation, that first thing they do, they, these astral beings, they come and purify you. You don't see, but they happen behind you, stand behind you. And then Hanuman comes from behind you and he puts a nine string Brahmin thread on you. From behind, right? So this is, this is maybe from his own experience, whether from his tradition or from his own experience. Uh, and and then Bhairava comes with his club, and he circles around you, protect while you're doing your sadhana. Right? That was his answer to why Hanuman is there. So, <clears throat> anyway, Hanuman protects him all such spirits. So now we'll pick up where we left off. I think we've caught up, and now you, you have mantras, right? He gave you he gave you you found the sheets right okay so where are we then so we did smriti shruti smriti mahavidya guya vidya puratani puratani means the ancient right we talked about the difference between ma as old and oldest and ma as ancient and primordial so now it's chinta achinta swaha swarha nidra tandra chaparafati so. Chinta Achinta. So we um, um, uh, we know this word Achinta, right? You probably you probably heard this uh, this uh, distinctive. If you were to give like a, um, a, a philosophical name for the Gaudiya Vaishnava uh, uh, Siddhanta, yeah, they they say it's Achinta Beda Beda Tattva, right? It means that it's Beda Beda. It means there's both oneness and difference between the soul and God. Uh, but they say, well, how can the world be both one and difference? Oh, it's achinta, inconceivable, right? So that's where we get. So that's that's where, that's a, the common use of the word, and it's one of the meanings here. Chinta achinta, achinta means inconceivable. Chinta that means chinta means conceivable, right? Thinkable. So chinta could be thought, and achinta means that which not thought or or, or not uh, beyond thinking. And and chinta could be thinkable and unthinkable. That's you probably the way it's usually meant. Chinta achinta. So we have to take the two names together, I think, rather one uh, chinta achinta, and we've in many discussions on in Bhagavatam and things like that. We've talked a lot about this idea that that uh, 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 using these words is idea that actually in what in. If t- there's a there's a uh, Sami Shivananda one of his books right one of his three hundred books he says to it's a simple def- it's almost too simple but there's a point behind the definition to define something is to deny it deny it one of his lines to define something is to deny it you see by defining it you give it your certain sense giving its limits but something is to say to define a simple word that's not denying the word it's clarifying the word right but 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 I think it maybe I myself misquoting maybe to the, to Define God is to deny God. It probably it's probably the more accurate description of what he said, right? 
to define God is to deny God. Because to define something is it's exactly to give its limits, to give its uh, a clear, unambiguous definition right? or meaning, right? Uh, that's a definition. But why is it to define God is to deny God? Well, one of the meanings we have for the divine, for God, for the we, I mean, we say infinite, right? I mean, God is infinite. Is that un un uh, infinite means without limits? And in one sense, a definition, right, a description, a, uh, could be one of the, I mean, one of the def- one of the definitions of definition, one of the definitions of description, is to give a limit to something. Or to describe it, not to give it, to describe its limits. Maybe that's a, so it's one thing, if you're giving a limit to something that's not limited, then that's a grave, you're doing a big mistake, right? But also there's another mistake, that's a conscious mistake, right? You're, you're limiting something that's not limited, you're trying to limit or describe, but also to, to, to even look for a limit to something that's not limited is a philosophical mistake, right? It's, it's, you, you, think, you assume that it's impossible, there's no limit. But it doesn't mean that nothing can be said, Right. This is why it's it's not just achinta; it's chint achinta. She's both conceivable and inconceivable, un, both unspeakable and not and speakable. It's not that nothing can be thought about God, right? But you shouldn't think language. You shouldn't think that that thought is is the limit, right? This is the uh, or the only. Uh, uh, so Sri Ramakrishna is one of his famous uh, stories. Is that uh, what is that? Uh, uh, an ant goes to a giant mountain of sugar. This is one of his famous. If you think of like like, there's a half dozen core stories of Sri Ramakrishna that that revolutionized philosophical uh, the, uh, debate. This is one of them. Uh, the uh, ant an ant is uh, looking for food. And it comes across a giant hill of sugar, right? And he thinks to itself, ah, right. He takes one in its mouth and puts one on its back to carry back to his to the home. It says, tomorrow I'll come and get the rest. Right, that that there's no way the ant can carry, can 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 consume, understand, hold, digest, whatever the, the a mountain of sugar, not even a hill of sugar, right? And so Sri Ramakrishna would then say that that even the great sages, and he, he specifically like, like a uh, 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 like a uh, uh, Shankaracharya, like uh, Dattatreya, like um, uh, uh, Sutta Goswami, speaker and uh, uh, Sukadev, Sukadev. The speaker of the Bhagavatam, these great, the great sages that are Paramahansa, Avarhuts, right? Even the greatest sages, to whom we consider to be like God, and for us, they're like they're living deities or like that, right? They are at best big ants. That was Thakur's language, right? They're big ants at best, right? What's a big ant mean? That means it can hold more, right? It can eat more, it can carry more, right? That's a, a sage. A sage between between a sage and a regular person, a sage can hold more. It can teach, can, can, can give more to others also, right? You know, so that so we're not. It's not meant to criticize uh, 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 the the rishis, but to glorify the infinite nature of of, of, of of the absolute. So, but but when you say, oh, that they you can't say anything about it. No, the the ants could take some sugar in their mouth, and they can carry some sugar back, right? They they can they can hold some. They can experience something. They can describe. It's like it's sweet. That's a nice statement about if you eat a, a, a bunch of sugar, even if you eat a tiny bit of sugar, you can say sugar is sweet, right? That's not a wrong thing to say. Maybe it's not a complete thing. You know, all sugar, how much sugar have you tasted? You know, you can start, you can start, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, 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 what do you know about sweetness? You know, all the, you know our, we only have, we only experience as large as we are and we're not that large, 
right? You know, but doesn't mean that our experience is not true, right? What becomes not true is when you say this alone is true. My experience alone is 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 is, is correct, and my experience is defining the mountain of sugar, right? I know, I I know because I've tasted it. I was there, right? You can see this is the danger. We say I was there. I saw it. It's my experience. Therefore, I know it's true. Most of us don't do that. We say, I read it's there. Somebody else told me. I believe it. And that settles it, you know. <laughs> Bible's true. I believe it. That settles it. That's what I remember. <laughs> I saw a sign on, on driving across the desert once. <laughs> Bible's true. I believe it. That settles it. The other one, then it was another trivially, is uh, Bible's true. Hell is hot. Eternity is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> the two things we saw. Yeah. Good things to remember. Uh, uh, two, two things to take with you home from tonight um, <laughs> so the other the other, so, so so it's not that nothing can be said right along you have to be careful how you say it right and so you can see Shruti Smriti she's defining herself as Shruti and Smriti as Veda Mai as Veda Bhushana right and, and not only that through all these thousands of names thousand names thousands of thousand names right you know so many things can be said about God right but the fact that we can say a thousand things and never even come clear we've we've never we've never come clear to exhaust even one of the things one of the names we can keep talking and talking and talking and, and probably be only fractionally correct or to be fractionally uh, uh, complete right that the infinite has an infinite can be described infinitely in infinite ways by inf- infinite infinite uh, distance right hmm. story I've told many times here, but I think it's a good, it's a good story to remember. Uh, uh, the way I've heard the story is attributed to Neem Kali Baba. I haven't found it in the text that way, so I'm not sure. But stories, pretty soon, you know, Sri Ramakri told the story, Vivekananda told the story, you know, now Neem Kali Baba told the story. It just made me a, a, a great story, but it sounds like a Neem Kali Baba story. So I'll tell it that way. Where somebody was uh, saying that, but when I say Rama, doesn't that like limit God? Right, because that's like Rama instead of Krishna, or Rama instead of Shiva, and doesn't the name, because name and form in one sense are limits, and doesn't that, that limiting my relationship and limiting, making it now God only comes in this form and not in another form. You can see we sometimes think like that. You know, my two, is this the right one or why one instead of another? Shouldn't we focus on everything or not focus on anything? There's and and there's people to tell you exactly these things. Each one of these, it's not just our natural confusion. There's people confusing us about these things, you know. Uh, uh, uh. And so, in the Neem Kuli Baba style, rather than answering, he often taught by a, 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 a setting a scene up, setting up a, a, a um, through a, you know his teaching scenes. So he changed the topic and was talking to other people. And then in the middle of the conversation, he asked that boy, "Can you please bring me some water?" And so he's like, I asked Atmaram to bring it. I didn't have a nice. So and so he brings him a glass of water, and then he, and then Baba or whoever the story is, it says, I didn't ask for a glass. I asked for water, right? And so the boy is, well, how am I going to bring you water, right? It says, so so that's you know, that's the teaching. You know, it's like, if I ask for water and you bring me a glass of water, that's correct, right? And you're not saying, oh, this is, but you know, but how am I going to bring you water without a glass? A glass. Is not limit in one sense. If you say this is this alone is water, there's no other water than this, and you know, then you're obviously limited. Then you're saying stupid. You're, and somebody saying something, you think these people are stupid, or crazy, or fanatical, or whatever. You know, just not thinking. Or, 
or, or not or saying things they themselves don't believe you know all these things happen when people make such statements in religion too right but there's no other way to bring water I mean there may be other ways but this is the most this is the most nat- in the setting this is the most natural way bring me, bring me water means bring me a glass of water right and so, so the, the glass does not limit water it reveals water right as long as you don't think the revelation is absolute and most of the time we think our revelation is absolute Many people believe the revelation that I shall drink a glass of water. I shall drink water from a glass, sorry. <laughs> Even that language is very good. Drink water from a glass. <laughs> as much as a glass holds. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so, in the, uh, uh, in the section of the Bhagavatam that we stopped a long time ago, eventually we'll pick it up again, it was the, uh, 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 and I think we're at the Brahmas period. Before that was the Goyaka's uh, knocking down of the trees by, by baby Krishna. And when the two spirits come out, they give a very impressive philosophical discussion in, their pra- in the form of prayers to Lord Krishna. Right? But one of the things he says, you are not knowable. That's one of the things they say. Right? Because the, a creature, creature, that's a good word, a creature <laughs> cannot understand the crea- its creator. Right, the 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 a a the uh, uh, the uh, the source. It, it, it's always inferior to the source. So for the, the the something that comes, a secondary thing can never fully understand the primary thing. And and that this is actually a principle of logic too. There's a a name for that principle. I don't remember it. Um, so that's one thing. So, so actually, there's no way that a finite being can understand the infinite, or a created being can understand the creator, or the the. Uh, 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 and then, it, and then it goes, so that's the first thing, right? And then it says, but, and also your, uh, your limits cannot be known. Uh, you cannot be, your, your forms and name, your form and name cannot be known, right? Uh, 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 also, an agitated mind, it's impossible for an agitated mind to see you, right? And since our mind is agitated, everyone's mind is agitated. That's what we, we, we use the verses from the Yoga Sutra to describe that, right? Right, so, uh, so four or five arguments he uses why Krishna, God, cannot be known or experienced. Nothing can be said. He cannot be seen, cannot be known, cannot be thought of, right? Yet, if we stop and remember what's happening is the two, uh, these two spirits that were trapped in the tree are in fact seeing Lord Krishna, right? They are in fact uh, uh, worshipping him. Their prayers are worshipping him. They, they can, they are saying things about him. They're speaking to, they're seeing him. Right, the same scene in, in, in is, is a similar point in the same uh, section is that of uh, Mother Yashoda tying Krishna, right? That the you can't tie Krishna. That's why. But eventually, he allows himself to be tied, right? You know that the stars go by affection and love like this. But then there's a a, ver- a commentary verse that's shoved in the middle of the of, of the of the of the stotram, of the story, that says that even yogis, siddhas, uh, liberated yogis. Uh, meditating for tens of thousands of yugas, I may be exaggerating the exaggerated form, you know, thousands of years like that. They would they it's actually because it's not possible to know the absolute. The absolute is never an object of knowledge. It's a, it's a knower, not the knowledge, right? Not not knowable, and it's infinite, and we're finite, and it's the creation, not the creator, not the creator. In all the different ways, it's impossible. Right? Yet it says this um, cowherd girl has tied him up. Right, so what what she's bound, which is impossible to know. She's understood, uh, in a certain sense, not really, completely. <laughs> Actually, in that same section, it says that uh, 
Krishna was dancing according to the dictates of the cowherd girls. They were making him dance and jump and clap and like this, right? So he was not only, not only the one that can't be known out of love is known, not only known, is, con is actually controlled almost, actually, right? He's, he's, he's behaving according to the whims of the, of the gopis, right? So, so the point, I mean, these are, I'm going big circle, but the, 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 the one that can't be known started by devotion you can know, right? That's one, that's one point of this story. But it's not that nothing can be, so much can be said about God. So much can be thought about God. Right. There's a, so there's a mantra, there's a, um, hmm, did I write it down? Let me look if I wrote it down. Mm. Yes, this is a, 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 I'll tell you, this is a controversial mantra. It's, it's shake everyone's faith or build everyone's faith. But this is, a, this is it's so what Sat said. Upas, upasakanam kartyartam brahmano rupa kalpana. Right. So for the sake of upasana, for the sake of worship, right or relationship or contemplation or meditation right in order to think about brahman right we in order to worship brahman says brahmano rupa kalpana a form or a name or a thought or descriptions or a philosophical system you know is attributed to it so this is you have to be careful to say it doesn't mean that these names don't actually because we could do it like that we 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 give a name we give a form or it reveals a name or reveals a form. So we have to be tricky how to say this, right? Sometimes you can say, oh, we make God, God in our image. We can, that's often true, right? But sometimes God may reveal a form, reveal a name, reveal an image, right? In order for us to think, right? The, the kalpana, the kalpanaim, the kalpana means like a, um, uh, in common use is like imagination or a dream, right? So that's a, that to be careful. It's like, oh, in order to worship Brahman, we imagine, we dream something up about Brahman. And that definitely happens, right? So I'm not, that, that's a completely legitimate reading of this verse, right? right? But also, kalpana philosophically means like an idea. So we have to have an idea to think about the infinite. So in order to think about the infinite, we, we create an idea or an idea, we have an idea about it. Or another word for kalpana, even more technical, is like a hypothesis. Hypothesis. Not a right word that I say that right. Hypothesis. You, you, uh, so you assume the hypothesis. You assume it's this until, in, until the truth is known, right? And so what, I'm just bouncing from one thought to another. But I remember Sami Omananda. Uh, every year he has another like theme that he presents. One year, one of the theme was that uh, using algebra to describe uh, the devo devotion. So he says that you suppose a equals and uh, answer equals that the answer is a, right? Or, or a one of the propositions you put a in 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 algebra you put a a letter for the answer and then eventually when you figure it all out using that as a stand-in, then you get the right answer, right? He says a is not exactly the answer. I, I know even thinking about algebra is stressing me out, so I'll I'll, I'll switch off. This, I'll get off this topic momentarily. <laughs> I don't like math examples, <laughs> but uh, 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 so you. Th uh, uh, um, I didn't do good in algebra class. I admit to you right now. Uh, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been a good student of ancient philosophy, required <laughs> even to enter the schools. A lot of a lot of math. Um, uh, so you, so you, A is not the answer. 
right? But without A, you can't come up with the answer, right? That's how algebra works. Uh, something that uh, without without positing something in its place, right? But what happens when you find the answer? A doesn't disappear. It become it it merges into the answer, right? So then you know what A you we we say A, and then we think oh no we can argue and defend and go to war and fight and criticize and and start a website against somebody based on different A is the answer, B is the answer, like that. But, but without, but it's just a placeholder, right? But it's not wrong, it's right. It's just, we don't know what A is yet, right? Using A, you, you use that hypothesis, right? And, and then if it's, you know, and if it's correct, then, then the, the answer is given and become, A becomes the actual answer, right? It gives place to the update answer. So it's not it's not it's not raw it's not imagine sometimes it's just imagination but sometimes it's 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 uh, uh, it's what we use to think about that which is by its definition definition beyond definition <laughs> by by uh, a thought beyond thought. Chinta so, achinta God and so Sri Ramakrishna also said he said many times that uh, God is the only thing the only being that's never been. Um, what is the word? Uchista or uh, uchista means, you know, this term uchista means if um, uh, if you touch some some uh, idea of like if somebody touches something with their lips, like it be defiled. defiled, it becomes impure, right? We don't have this idea in the Western idea. We eat off each other's plates and drink each other's plates, but that's not a a thing. <laughs> Shouldn't be a thing. Stop it, all of you. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, is that that that, that uh, you 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 um um uh, so it's, it means that once it's touched the lips, right? It's no, it's not considered clean, right? Uh, uh, and there's the hygienic things and 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 and, and subtle energetic, energetic hygiene you could say, but even bacterial. I mean, bacteria spreads this way too, but it's more than that. So, so as a result, when we're eating, you have to be very careful. Like if like if I've used this glass and I've eaten, you know, it's like I'm like even like there's there's ways of, like. If I'm eating with my right hand and I have to grab something that's in 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 a, a common use like a salt shake or something, I'd use my right my left hand because I'm because my right hand has touched my mouth and so in in, in, in between the two my my left hand's cleaner so I use the right hand. So the, things like that are important. Otherwise, like if I t you touch now I can't touch your salt shaker. Nobody will touch the salt shaker. So you've touched your lips and now you've touched the salt shaker, right? Even like like if a glass can be poured like this, right? So if my hand's dirty, right, uh, this hand is dirty, so I can use my left hand to pour this way, right? And then my, this glass is still clean. But if I touch my lips now, the glass is dirty, and now my hand's dirty. Now I've dirtied my left hand. Now neither hand's clean. But if you have a glass that doesn't pour properly, so just use your dirty hand to, so, you don't dirty, so you don't dirty your... I mean, there's, this is the science of... of perhaps, you know, this is, this, this is uchista. This is what it, this is, I mean, jute or uchista, right? Uh, uh, so this is a, this is a very strong principle of Hindu uh, culture, right? Medical culture, Hindu culture in general, Yo and especially yo yogic, yogis take it to the next extreme, right? Even beyond uh, 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 um, other things. But the point is that but God has never has never been uchista means he's never touched the lips. So certainly by saying it's been it's speakable is to make it impure. That's the idea because it touched the lips. It's a metaphor, obviously, right? And so God has never been, is never, is still completely pure. Because he, he's never, what he, she, it's definitely she, what she is, what she <laughs> definitely is, has never definitely been said. Right? He's never been spoken. Yet Sri Ramakrishna spent hours a day speaking about God, singing to God, singing about God, chanting God's name, 
And when, when somebody asked, when M asked in the first pages of the Katamrita, what's the way for us to, what's the way for us to remember God and think of God? And like he says to chant God's names, all and God's names and glories, his qualities, names and qualities, talk about God all the time without ceasing. What's the word for without ceasing there? Sharuda. All at all times, right? So that's actually left out of the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna. It says, chant God's names and uh, say God's names and glories, but it says without all the time. So what's the value of saying God's names and glories when God's names and glories can't, are not God's names and glories, right? They're, you know, they, these are imperfect, finite, blasphemous descriptions of the infinite, pure, non-dual reality, you know? So there's an interesting story. There's a, a wonderful saint. He was head of the... Uh, Gita Press, Ram, Swami Ram Sukadas, Swami Ram Sukadasji, very interesting person. If you look him up, you won't find his picture. He never allowed a single photograph to be taken of him. He was very radically humble, you could say. And uh, but, anyways, in, in one lecture or footnote or something like that, I read um, he gave he told the story uh, uh, of, of a. I may have told the story here also to uh, illustrate a similar point. Um, so a, a granddaughter goes to her grandson and he has uh, at, at the fireplace there's a basket where you keep like coal right a, you know wire basket you know, you've probably seen like a wire basket where you keep the coal or wood for the fireplace and it's very dirty right right and so but anyways he tells the, the, his granddaughter go to the river and bring me fill it with water and bring it for me right and she's like holding a wire basket bring fill it with water so Crazy grand granddad's getting old, you know, like to placate him, you know, to 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 appease him or what is it when you talk? Uh, anyway, uh, so he he she goes and she comes back, and and of course there's no water. You take a wire basket to the river, it's not gonna have any water. And he goes, well, thank you very much. You put this next day. He says, honey, I need more water. Can you go to? Can you get me another another basket full of water, please? He goes and again. So this goes on day after day after day, and finally the daughter, the granddaughter says, granddad. This is ridiculous, right? There's not a drop of water has come. And he says, but look, now the basket is clean, right? So the very process of doing day by day completely transformed the basket. Of course, God cannot be trapped in human language, human ideas, and human, uh, human like this. But the process changes us, right? And we can, and even though we can never, we, in certain sense we hold more, or we, or we, or, or we, hold less, I don't know how to say it. <coughs> there's, a, there's similar, uh, it's not exactly ident identical things, but there's similar traditions in Western uh, theology and mystical theology. Uh, uh, what is the apophat, ap what's the word? Apophatic and cataphatic, right? Apophatic uh, theology, maybe you heard this term, maybe not. Uh, 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 it's like the negative, the negative path or the positive path, right? Is whether or not you can say, in one sense, uh, the, the, the uh, many mystics, there's some famous mystics that, that, are, that will say that, that nothing can be said about God. And actually most mystics, one of, the, one of the, if you were to look at similarities cross through various traditions of what we call mystic, a weed, recognizably put into a category of similar type of mystic, even though their beliefs and practices and conclusions are very different, most of them will end up saying, many of them will say, that, oh, what I've experienced can't be spoken. 
they'll often say like that. It's a very common thing to say. It's one of the things that makes their, we, we, that we classify as, oh, that they've had some sort of a mystical experience, right? Rather than the other types of direct religious experiences, right? It's, oh, no. You know, it's like God came to me, he told me this, and can you, was it mist, was it inexpensive? No, it's exactly, I know he exactly he told me, right? And he told me exactly what to say and what to tell you. You know, it's a different, that's also a type of powerful religious experience, but it's not this idea that, oh, what, what I've experienced is beyond words. It becomes like an ecstatic experience beyond the mind, beyond words like that. Yet, they usually say a lot about these things. <laughs> but they always say, they use this language, you know, it, you know this uh, dualistic language of uh, both describing and not describing it like this. And then the, there's some, some sophisticated Catholic theologians, Christian theologians, that go, that go and start describing that even God's, that nothing positive can be said about God at all, about, about Brahman at all. And even statements that seem to be saying something positive are actually not. They're, they're negating qualities. What's the example in, uh, um, we just discussed a lot of this, uh, like uh, uh, the saying that uh, God is, what's the, uh, what's the description uh, in the Brahma Sutra, when the Upanishad says, uh, Satyam Gyanam, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. That, that, that's the classic example in my brain. Uh, like, for instance, the saying is that that uh, uh, by saying God is is jnanam, knowledge, right? It's actually saying that God is not ignorance, not saying that God actually is knowledge. Because that's saying something about God, about the infinite, about Brahman is itself a mistake. So you can take that to an extreme, and there's former Christianities that have developed that a lot, and there's others that just outpouring of the heart through all positive qualities uh, but the idea that even if, you're, if, you can, if, you, if you can say definite things about God you can't exhaust God's nature Sri Ramakrishna went into ecstasy uh, at the, uh, in, uh, in oh, he meant ecstasy a lot uh, 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 when a verse from Shiva Mahimnastotanam was recited at the Shiva temple just near his room and the verse is uh, if Goddess Saraswati were the scribe and the Mandana mountain, the center of the world, was the pin and the uh, oceans were the ink and the mountain Himalayas were the paper and all eternity, I had all eternity, uh, 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 um, your, name, your glories could ever be exhausted. Right? But this is the idea that, that God's glories, could, that, that idea that God's qualities and glories and names and forms and... and, and can never be exhausted itself. What it's immediately threw Ramakrishna into samadhi, and he went and he, he embraced Lord Shiva, right? Uh, embraced the Shiva Lingam. So the idea of God's infinitude, from God's glories to the unending nature of God's glories—that's actually God's greatest glory—is His infinitude, His achinta. Anyway, this is a long time achinta achinta, but I like these topics and achinta achinta. Unthinkable and thinkable. Any questions thus far, or before I next well, call? Yes, Tom. In Judaism, they don't. Um, you know, they write it G dash T. Yeah. They don't, they don't, you can't pronounce the name of God, but that was interesting that you said it was the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, because in in one sense that there's we 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 jokingly debated this very 
point in Judaism the other day in the car. Oh, really? <laughs> I, took, <laughs> I won't tell you what we said. Sometimes in order to get there, you have to go through various levels of heresy and, and blasphemy in order to get to the final point. <laughs> I won't tell you how we got there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> mentally, you have to have mental freedom to, to think clearly, you know. But, uh, but, but you know, that, that view that God's name is not pronounceable, yeah. right, is one thing is that his, it's so intimate. It's, it's, not a, it's not a speakable word. Right, it's not a it's not a thinkable idea. God's infinite like that, but there's other things. No, no, it's pronounceable, but it's secret. Right, so then you have this guya vidya. You know, there is knowledge of God. There is regular knowledge of God. The scriptures are full of knowledge. I mean, the Bible starts with in the beginning, right? You know, it's like it starts with how He created. You know, it may be symbolic, maybe actual, maybe historical, whatever. It's just, it's describing all kinds of things about God's nature, activities, power, majesty, relationship. Uh, 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 um, like this, you know, anger, whatever the the, 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 the things of the saying, all kinds of things about God. But then it's also saying it also says that there's some things that are still secret, right? That that you have to be qualified, right? There, that's another way of thinking of this the, of the of the unspoken name. That's like the first commandment, right? not to take the name. Not, yeah, yes, yeah. So I know. So some people say, well, that, but the way you know the secret is like. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, one one name for the one way describing the Pravana mantra, the Omkar mantra, is also on the Hatadwani. This is the un, unstruck sound. So we can say, oh, we can chant Om and say Om, right, and write Om, tattoo Oms, even you know, it's like all the <laughs> put it on the back of our jeep and the whole thing, you know. Uh, we can do Oms everywhere, right? But actually, in one sense, it's not pronounceable. Right, it's 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 never been pronounced. It's not it's not it's it's unst- it's always there back. That's one way of thinking. It's it has to be. You have to tune yourself to it. To call it, but also it's one that is also not the real om is not pronounceable. Also, yeah. right. So it could be things like this also. Yeah. But uh, the idea of secret, but also like that's of course they have a they have many words and names for God, but the the name and then it's even given in syllables that can't be pronounced. It's missing. Right. How to pronounce, but most likely it is there is a way to pronounce it. Scholars know how it's probably most likely pronounced, you know. But uh, but there's mystics who say no, no, you can't pronounce it. You know, you have to be qualified to pronounce it. We don't have we don't have the tongue to pronounce it yet, perhaps, you know. And you can see, you know, the um um uh, we could even say, I mean, I'm not going just out of politeness. I'm not now going to say what, what I think the what most scholars believe the pronunciation of of, of the name of God is in, in Judaism. We don't do like that. But like in, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya says that I mentioned this last week, I think, or the week before that, by saying the two syllables Krishna, that more sins than are possible to commit are destroyed. Right? That's a that's a standard idea. So we say Krishna, 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 and all of our sins seem to be pretty much in place, you know. <laughs> At least mine mostly in place. Maybe a little bit, but sometimes actually saying Krishna, Krishna, Krishna causes you to sin more. You know, there's all around the reasons, you know. You have to be very careful. Right, and so he said, and he quotes a verse. There's a verse quoted from Padma Purana, which I mean, I wasn't prepared, but I have to think if I remember it. it says uh, that God's name, like God, is not different from God. Is therefore is Nitya, Shuddha. Uh, nitya means always free, not conditioned. Shuddha always pure. Um, nitya Shuddha, Anantam. It's infinite, and somewhere I'm forgetting, but it means like all powerful. You know, it's like it's powerful, it's pure, it's liberated, like that. So. The name is still there, but we've and we've said Krishna, 
and all of our sins are pretty much the same or worse in the, and so saying and so what's happened it's not the name's fault right we haven't really said the name that's the thing you know to say the name's not easy and so until then we say Krishna 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 and tonight we'll say Krishna 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 Janmasmi come in lots of Krishna 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 this, this next month next couple of weeks all about Krishna right and we hope that slowly we'll purify the consciousness so then we say the Shudanam the pure name then we have a, a full illumination like it says in in, in, Tantra, in Vaishnav Tantra Shastra that Shudanam when the name is said purely right then every name is a full revelation right it's a darshan Right, but you can see that's not the that's not the, the name that can be you know what is it the Tao that can be spoken is not oh the, what is that line the Tao that that can be spoken is not the eternal Tao something like there's some line like that or the the Tao that can be spoken is not the real Tao something like this right see Buddha on the street kill him type thing you know <laughs> there's a thing because it's not the real Buddha there's lots of things like that as soon as you, you, you we can think if we're thinking it it's probably not right right because we're not right yet. Right, and actually, the infinite can only really be thought of by the infinite. That's what Ramakrishna said. Brahman alone realizes Brahman, right? You know, so we will know. We should know as much as we can know. We don't need to know. And that's another point. We don't need to know everything. Another thing, Sri Ramakrishna said that what there may or may not be lots of wine, and all in Laguna Beach itself, there's lots of bars, lots of uh, liquor stores, right? Lots of uh, 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 you know, there's lots of places to buy alcohol in Laguna Beach, right? How much there is, what are the qualities, what are the brands, we don't need to know. One glass, one bottle is probably sufficient to get you drunk. That's what Ramakrishna said, right? So, so we don't need to know everything. We need to know enough. Enough for us to, you know, so, so, and so therefore, he is chinta. We can know something of, she is chinta. We can know something about God. We can say something about God. Uh, but know that what we're saying is not the full thing. Right? We should be humble about our own thoughts. I think so, and, 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 and our own beliefs, and, and also our own level of understanding of our own thoughts. Because some people say, okay, they're not my thoughts, these are the thoughts of my guru, these are the thoughts of the scriptures, of the avatar, of the age, you know, we can start like, we can start like that. We should be humble about our own understanding of the thoughts of our guru, the avatar, the scriptures, you know. Because even, even if they're absolute and true and perfect in every way, our understanding of them isn't, right, so we should be humble about it. <clears throat> So we often say, when 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 I used to be invited more often uh, to uh, uh, high school interreligious type of things, and when you inter- introduce your religion in ten words or less type of thing, going, what do you say to like a group of high school kids? Right? Here's your here's your chance. Right? So I remember every time my opening statement was always something along these lines about the mountain of sugar. And I use that example like that, and 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 I'd say, well. Brahman, the, the, the philosophical name for our, our, uh, the Kalpana for, uh, for the Absolute, uh, means infinitely big, right? It comes from Briha, which is huge, beyond huge, right? Bigger than big. So that's what we mean by infinite, usually. Right? So, God, the truth, Brahman, is infinitely big. And whatever we are in our per current <coughs> configuration is really, really small, right? So we have to at least be a little humble about it. we're really small and God's infinitely big. That's fine. I'm totally cool with us being really small and God being really, really big. That's the way it should be. I think that's kind of that's the way God made it this way. You know, I'm one. You know, he, she. Sorry, I keep using these 
careful words. Um, so, but so the, the thing is that therefore any absolute statement by a finite mind about the absolute infinite being should be taken with suspicion, right? Or at least caution, or at least, um, or maybe broad-minded compassionate understanding perhaps right? rather than <laughs> <laughs> blast you know, right? <laughs> we shouldn't do like that right because we're all they're giving it to people we're all giving it the best shot right but we should be humble that that and therefore any statement about the only way the final the any any you put it all final book or if it's this or the only way the only mantra or the only guru highest philosophy you know whatever the, the you can put in whatever condition is right uh, uh, we should be a little careful but so God is achinta, but also chinta. That's the point. Okay, pretty good. Chinta, achinta. Where are we? What's the next? Swadha, swadha. Okay, good. Swadha, swaha. Right. Let's go to. So we mentioned last week, last couple of weeks that this collection of names seems to follow a lot verses from the chandi, from the. Uh, uh, from the Rakti Shuttam of the Chandi, where it says Mahavidya, Mahamaya, Maharatri, Kalaratri, Moharatri, all the uh, Daruna, all these names, Mahasuri, you know, all these, it seems to be this weaving in a sec, this. So here again, it's the very first verse of the Brahma, of the Brahma Suti or the Rati Suti from the Chandi. Uh, uh, this is when Vishnu is asleep. Brahma has come out is on the on the um, on the on the lotus, and Madhu and Kaitaba, two demons, have come out of the ear wax of of um, of, of, of Brahma, of Shiva, of uh, Vishnu, and attacked uh, Brahma, and Brahma not knowing what to do, he decides he realizes he needs to awaken Vishnu, right? But he's pulled on the cord as much as he could. And Vishnu is deep asleep because he's in Yoga Nidra, in the sleep of Yoga. And one of the verses says, Eve, at the end of this little hymn, he says, Brahma prays, by your power, even Vishnu's God, and he's asleep. What to speak of everybody else? I mean, you put even Vishnu <laughs> to sleep. You've made Vishnu, Brahma, and myself, myself, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva take bodies. This is your power, right, of Mahamaya, right? So please withdraw your Mahamaya. Withdraw your your yoga nidra here described as yoga nidra and let Vishnu awaken when he awakens he can kill Madhu and Kaitaba and then I can go on creating the universe as per Vedic dictums you know Vedic instructions as I've done before right but it starts with Twam Swaha Twam Swadha Twam He so it starts with you are Swaha you are Swadha right here it's Swadha and, and Swaha it reverses it You are the subtle aspects of all sound. So in one sense it's saying you are, it starts with you are Swaha and Swaha. These are the very popular Vedic mantras. Right, we'll go into them a little bit. We have a few minutes to do so. And then it says, Shudha Twam Akshara Nitye Tridha Matratmika Sita. You are the three letters and their... Uh, uh, um, 
you are the embodiment of the three letters. So here are the three letters, most likely, I mean, it's interpreted as Om, uh, uh, mm. The next month when you are the secret fourth letter, which is the silence from which they come, the Bintrandra Bindu, and its special mode of pronunciation. Interesting, there it says a special mode of pronunciation could be a way, from the Hindu perspective, a way of saying this, the secret name of God, right? We have Om, but we know not pronounce It's secret way of pronunciation, how to really say it. Right, we, to say Om is not the same as to, you have to know the secret. You are its Om, the letters of Om, as well as the secret way of pronouncing its unspoken fourth letter. So that's not, it's a very fascinating topic. But start, Twam Swaha, Twam Sudha, Twam He. And actually in this, you are creator, you exist as creation, you are support of all activities, you, you are destruction at the time of disillusion. You are the richer of the world. You are Mahavidya, Mahamaya, Mahameda, Mahathi. We, we went to these verses. You are knowledge and ignorance and night. And it, so what is this when Brahma is asking Ma, withdraw your um, uh, Mahamaya, withdraw your sleep, right? What is he doing? He actually, at the very, very end, he says, please wake up, wake up Vishnu. This is the process of waking up. When realizing, oh, you are sound. You are form. You are knowledge. You are people. You are ignorance. You are, you know, it's like it's, it's when, you, when the waking up process is seeing Ma as everything and behind everything, right? And so it starts. It's interesting. It starts with Swaha and Swaha. Very interesting. Later in the in the Chandi, it it says by the mantra Swaha, all the devas are satisfied, and by the mantra Swadha, all the ancestors are satisfied. Right, that's, a, that's this is the Chandi, these two places it's there. So we can go a little bit, in a very limited time, what Swaha and Swadha mean. So there, there, uh, there's, in mantras, there's uh, uh, masculine, feminine, and neuter mantras. Right, this is what we'll start with this level, right? And so certain mantras are, are, are uh, not only by grammatical, I mean, just like, you know, grammatically, uh, certain words are feminine or masculine in Sanskrit also it's a, it's a gendered language right but by concept also but here it's like so swaha swadha vashat vaushat these mantras are considered feminine right which means they have a nurturing this is a gendered language this is a self-gendered language and gendered ideas so please forgive but this means that it's nurt- that these are nurturing they're feeding they're, they're uh, they they um, they harmonizing Right, and then there's like whom and put. These are masculine mantras. These are aggressive. These are weapon mantras. These burn, protect, and they're sharp. Right. Uh, these are uh, macho mantras. Maybe we're better way to say it. <laughs> Rather than masculine, we'll say macho masculine. You know, like a new a new category, right? Uh, um, uh, and then there's there's uh, uh, mantras like namaha. That simply I bow to. These are neither masculine nor feminine. That's a simple thing. So vasha, va, uh, swaha and swadha are two feminine mantras. Being feminine mantras, they're also they're also devatas. They're also they're they're devis, right? And so in a simple thing, we could just in a very simple way, we say that there's two wives of Agni. There's very complicated and fascinating story how they became, as per legend, how they became the wives of Agni. But these are simple things that they're the wives of Agni uh, Vashat. And, and so uh, in Puja, we use Swaha or Swadha. Here we almost almost exclusively use Swaha, unless we're doing a um, um, 
in a shroud, which we don't do, that's why we don't, but we do uh, ceremonies for the ancestors, worship of the ancestors, offering uh, oblations for the ancestors. Um, we don't generally do, as sannyasis, we're not supposed to do, so as a result, we don't do those mantra, those pujas very much. Many priests will do a lot of that. These are very common mantra because they're doing things for the ancestors to placate the ancestors, feed and, and bless the ancestors. Swadha. But these are his, he's supposed to have, Agni has two primary wives in this version of the story. Um, <coughs> we all doing okay? Okay. <coughs> so, in the story of Daksha, right, Daksha and Sati, and you know, we all know that wonderful story for uh, So, Daksha had, I don't think I wrote it down. No, I think he had um, 16, 15, 16, 17, maybe 18 daughters as per some stories, right? These are symbolic things. So uh, 14 or 15 daughters were given to married to the moon. These are the digits of the moon, right? Uh, uh, and uh, uh, Rohini is his favorite. So these are the different um, nakshatras or stages or phases of the moon, you could probably say, right? 15 or 16, like this. Uh, 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 uh. There's a whole story of, of, you know, the moon only likes one of them and got cursed that he'd die. You know, there's a wonderful stories in, in Puranas for there. But he, and then of course his final daughter was Sati, right? Who, of course, he didn't want to marry Shiva, but she decided to marry Shiva. But two other daughters, according to the story, is Swaha and Swadha, right? And those he gave to Agni for uh, uh, for his uh, as wives. So Swadha. He's a he. Uh, he's the uh, Agni's wife, and and she is. She gives birth in the stories to the Pitris, to the which is interesting to the ancestors, right? So it's interesting because, you know, we die and become go to the world of the ancestors, but the ancestors as a category of being was like the gods are a category of being that are supposed to have been birthed by Aditi or Daititi and you know these type of Shapa. So the ancestor realm was birthed. By and it may have this could be a reaction or a description of of of, of cremation also. Uh, the fire gives birth to the world of the is a way the cremation fire is a way to uh, the holy cremation fire is a way to the ancestral realm. So we can interpret it maybe this way, right? Hmm. <clears throat> So I'm going to read just a couple of paragraphs from the Devi Bhagavatam, which I love. So Devi Bhagavatam has very elaborate, if you're interested in Devi Bhagavatam, there's a whole large chapter on Swaha and Swadha. There may even be like a thousand names of Swaha, I'm not sure. <laughs> I know Gayatri Sasana, there's a bunch of Sasanamas, even for these kind of minor deities. And Devi Bhagavatam gives a lot of Sasanamas. I don't think but a big story is there. Brahma, then, uh, so uh, this is, uh, Brahma is the... Uh, um, uh, she she is the mind-born daughter of Brahma in this in, as per Devi Bhagavatam, not the not the daughter of Daksha, right? In Devi Bhagavatam, he created out of his mind one daughter, very beautiful, full of youth, and having a face lovely, as of equal to one hundred moons. That woman was best in all respects, whether in form, beauty, qualities, or learning. Her color was white, like the champa flower, and her body was adorned all over with jeweled ornaments. This form was very pure, ready to grant boons, auspicious, and part of Pakriti. Her face was beaming with smiles. Her teeth were very beautiful, and her body showed signs of Lakshmi. 
Her name was Swadha. Her lotus feet were situated on a hundred lotuses. She was the wife of the Pitris. Here she's the wife of the ancestors, not the mother of the ancestors. Right. Her face resembled a lotus, a lotus, and her eyes looked like water lilies. She was born of the lotus born. She was born of the lotus born Brahma. The grandfather Brahma made over that daughter of the nature of Tushti. So Tushti means contentment, right? And one of the things this is an interesting thing is that why we do this mantra swaha is so that our ancestors in the in the in the, in the other side of the world, other side of the the world of birth and death, is um um are satisfied. We want them to be happy. Right? And we, we say actually some of the mantras is triptam, triptam, tushtam, tushtam. May you be satisfied. May you be happy. May you be uh, 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 like tripti and tushti. Same thing. There's tripti there. You know? So this is one of the things that she's uh, that uh, 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 she's the uh, nature uh, of tushti or tripti to the hand uh, uh, the grandfather Bhishma made over that daughter of the nature of Tushti or Tripti to the hands of the Pitris, the ancestors, and they were satisfied. Brahma advised the Brahmanas privately that whenever they would offer anything to the Pitris, they should offer duly with the mantra Swadha, pronounced at the end. Since then, the Brahmanas are offering everything to the Pitris with the mantra Swaha uttered at the end. Swaha. Now, so the, the, the other swaha when offering are pre- is laudable when offerings are presented to the gods, and swadha is commendable when offerings made to the prithvis. But in both cases, dakshina is essential. This is one of the points, right? Without dakshina, this is the money or the fee given to the priest, right? Uh, all sacrifices are useless and worthless. This is from the Devabhavatam. The prithvis, the ancestors, the devatas, the gods, the Brahmanas, the Munis, the Manus worshipped the, the worshipped the peaceful Swadha and chanted hymns with her with great love. The Devas, Prithvis, Brahmanas were pleased and felt that their ends achieved when they got the boon from Swadha Devi. Right. So it's interesting. So this is that that okay. That's a, it, it's it's one of the wives of Brahma. It's a mantra that takes the answer, the offerings of the ancestors. There's a connection to Daksha, connection to Brahma. All these are mythological stories to describe the importance of Swadha. Swadha. But we can go a little. We can't now, but we should. We could. We could, if we had time, go deeper into Swadha. I just mentioned a few things. Swadha, Swadha Prisho Dasyadaha. There's one mantra, which means something like Swadha means what does Swad mean? Swad means one's own. Swadharma. Swaraj, self-rule, you know, these that we use, we have this word. So Swadha means one's own um, nature or one's own determination, which is interesting. So we can go, you can go into the psychological deeper. It also has a meaning like, almost like Swatantriya, you know, like your own spontaneous personality like this, right? One's own will, one's own pleasure, right? So Andre, you can go. We can go more into that. So I'm gonna because just to finish this, I'm gonna say a few things about swaha, and then we'll we'll end there. I uh, all kinds of things. Uh, the, the next verse has so many cool mantras, but we'll end with this one. You are the mantra swaha, and you are the mantra swaha. So now it's the swaha, swaha yue namaha. This is uh, 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 especially in Rig Veda. This is found, and it's connected to un, to uh, Agni again, or to, and to Indra. 
Um, so in, in some of the texts, actually, she was a nymph, uh, probably a apsada, very probably the way we'd say, and, and she was married to Agni. Uh, and she's also considered a Daksha, daughter of Daksha. She's, um, and she presides over burnt offerings. Of course, that's a weird thing to say, but that's because a biblical thing. But here's when you say swaha, like this. And actually, when you say swaha, right, uh, that's, that's the fire opening its mouth. And so, very careful when you're when you come up to throw into the fire, that you know you, you, you go oh magnaya swaha, right? And and then you do like that, and then everybody else after the point throws fire. And then you are throwing food at somebody's closed mouth. You have to do it when the mouth is open. And I remember one time I was annoyed. Uh, I was uh, uh, um, we were at at, at the ashram in Al Habad, our Guru's ashram. I was doing special puja, and I was. Um, like uh, uh, like Om Sri Durgaye Namaha Swaha, you know, it's like and and then, the, and then a pujari who the one who did me did my initiate my sannyas initiation, right? He took me to his room. He said Swaha Namaha Nahi, right? When fire, you don't say Namaha. Has to be. I didn't want to break the mantra. You don't add Swaha. No 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 no, because Namaha closing the mouth, right? Swaha is opening the mouth. He said that he and then he quoted some verse that's saying. It is wrong. <laughs> you quoted a Vedic verse of the mistake I was making. So, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Every year he says he practices English to correct my puja. <laughs> I'm practicing, knowing next year you're coming, so I can correct more of your. So it makes it nowadays. It's like <laughs> I lost a lot of my confidence around him. But <laughs> very good pujari. Very good. Uh, uh, he's a Sanskrit teacher for all of our kids. Right. <laughs> So I'll end with a, a little story called the Mahabharata. Mahabharata has so many stories. It says it's truly said that if it's not in the Mahabharata, it doesn't exist, right? This is, and if it's and if it's in the Mahabharata, it exists. So so there's a story of um, um, uh, Markandeya tells a story to the Pandavas, Swaha, the daughter of Daksha. Right, he felt she fell in love with Agni. Right, but so he she Agni is very beautiful, very uh, handsome, fiery personality, and uh, fell in love with Agni, and uh, so Agni was invited to the house of Daksha to do a sacrifice. Um, uh, and if you've seen the Devanki Dev Mahadev videos, there's always the Sapta Rishis are always there, right? They're the constant companions of Daksha, and so uh, Agni, uh, Swaha. Because this is her house, right? You know, she's one of the daughters of Daksha, and so Agni was, was present, and and the, and the and the seven sages. So Swaha fell in love with Agni, and Agni mentally was infatuated by the beautiful wives of the Saptarishis, right? So so everybody's mind not controlled, you know. Uh, this is nothing new. It's <laughs> been going on since the beginning. Uh, uh, uh. And so after the puja, Agni feels horrible because one thing is one thing is bad enough, you know, Jesus says, so even lust after another man's wife is adultery, right? What to speak of rishis? He, he was lusting after the wives of rishis, right? That can't be good. So feeling really bad about himself, like he should, right? He went into the forest to do, to do penance, right? But so Swaha, Swaha followed, her, followed him out. Right, and then she took on the form of the wives of the Saptarishis, right, and says, "Oh, I we also fell in love with you when we saw you there, 
right? And so they had their, their, their romantic dalliances, right? But that time, now they're as good as married, <laughs> even though she tricked, she, she tricked, she impersonated the wives of the rishis and, 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 and tricked Agni, but now she's connected to Agni, so, so you can't, whenever there's Agni, is always Swaha. But you can see that, that potentially, no interpretation, the, the verse, the story is just, interesting little story is told. But you can see, you can probably imagine some meaning that uh, that that she because actually swaha swaha they're they're connected to the shaktis of every every devata every um, um, you can't worship any devata any rishi okay, without these mantras right they're the, the they're the way to access the the, the the shakti of the of the rishis so the next is nidra tandra parvati nila means sleep tandra means sleepy or waking up and Parvati and you'll see as it, and then Aparna Nischala Lola very interesting names these are going to deal a lot with um, esoterically interpreted to deal with Kundalini and, and those type of issues uh, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait for um, and what's asleep what's awakening in the body we'll interpret give uh, we'll, we'll justify our interpretation this way but we'll, we'll pick up next week any other comments you have before we jump into the next act activity. No questions, no comments, no challenges. Any, any flower garlands? Any fl oh, flower garlands. Okay. So I had, I have all these. I had, I had Bhagavad Gita verses to read about tapasya, but we didn't quite. I don't know why. I was thinking we could get to the next batch of names, but uh, uh, thank you anyway. Thank you for your kind attention. Continue next time.